This is Talking Flames, your favorite podcast to get the ins and outs of what's happening with the Calgary Flames and the rest of the hockey world. Join Ryan Hunt and Reese Martin every week to hear some laughs, gaffs, and hot takes about your Calgary Flames. Try to some save, rebound, he yeah! scores! Yeah, baby! Yeah, baby! My kid, Jimmy, scores! The Flames win it! One nothing! Hello and welcome to Talking Flames, your favorite hockey podcast covering everything you need to know about your Calgary Flames. I'm your host, Ryan Hunt. And I'm Reese Martin. Dude, (laughs) you you know, with the lack of snow we've been having recently, I just suddenly, I had a weird epiphany recently that it's Christmas. Like, is it just me? Or does it just not really feel like Christmas right now? No, I mean, the lack of snow, like, makes it feel really weird. Like, it feels like it's still, like, September, early October right now. It's really quite strange. Now, okay, what's the weather been like in Lethbridge recently? Oh, it's been great. Like, yesterday it was 13. It snowed. It's actually started snowing today. Like, I think it's still snowing pretty hard right now. But, I mean, yeah, it was literally 13 degrees yesterday, so... That's like unheard of for like December. Geez, see, like in Edmonton, like it snowed once, like two weeks after Thanksgiving, but then it quit all the way until like yesterday, where we got like I I I woke up this morning with like a random dump of I mean maybe like three centimeters of snow, but it was enough to make the roads absolute hell. That's still that's still three centimeters is really big. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was like that, like this morning it was like that wet snow, so yeah, it was it was disgusting, but and, and like on like the winter has been okay at least in Edmonton because it's been my type of winter where it's been very little snow, but and the cold it it's it's barely gone below minus ten, but it's also barely gone above zero either. Uh, speaking of lukewarm, let's talk about this hockey team that we cheer for. Oh my for. god. <laughs> <laughs> what a legendary transition. Uh, so at, when we left off last week, I'm pretty sure we were like a couple minutes into the third period. Uh, at this point, I think we were down 3-2 to two, uh, to the Stars. Uh, after we left you, uh, Weger tied it up with just under three minutes to go. Uh, which sent us to overtime, which... Last year's version of the Calgary Flames would have had us quite nervous. However, the Flames once again pulled out a nice little overtime victory, courtesy of uh, Kadri going full length to Huberdeau, back to Kadri for the goal. How do you like that? Oh, how do I like it, baby? I love it. I mean, from what I remember about that overtime goal, it was kind of one that just squeaked in. But I mean, yeah, a goal is a goal. A win is a win, and especially against a team like the Stars, like you got you 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 always run away with that. And it's kind of weird to think like you know both the Stars and the Flames have been on complete different trajectories over the past few years, whereas you know the Flames have stayed mid, and the Stars have been unbelievably lucky in the draft, and they've skyrocketed to you know their contender status now, and the Flames just seem to like almost always beat them. Like, have you noticed that? I def- I definitely have. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, so, I mean, 
OT win, especially like, you know, with all the special teams issues we've had last year, it's it's wonderful to see the overtime clicking, but the power, uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> and after that, of course, uh, we had the Canucks come to the Dome uh, for Zadorov's much anticipated Canucks debut, of course, against the Flames. Uh, Ryan, you were at this game, weren't you? I was, yeah. Like I was saying last week, um, my radio station, I work for an indigenous radio station. We were invited to come down for that game because it was the Flames indigenous celebration night. And I got I got a whole thwack of stories um, to talk about with that game. And um, unfortunately, I did say last week, like I was hoping to get on center ice for the ceremonial puck drop and go into the locker room. Unfortunately, those things didn't happen, but I still got some pretty cool stories, but we're going to get through the games first, and then I'll I'll launch into that. Uh, so yeah, we had two straight goals from the Canucks, including one from Quinn Hughes, not even two minutes into the game. Uh, Backlund got us one just over halfway through the first. Uh, Mikheyev scored for the Canucks to put them up 3-1 to one, uh, at the end of the second period. Uh, we got a goal from Lindholm, uh, to make it three to two, Pedersen scored to put them up four to two uh, on the empty net. As uh, Zadorov did get an assist on that goal, so take from that what you will. Uh, but I mean, thankfully we got a power play. Then Lindholm did score to bring it up four to three. I mean, considering the beating we laid on the Canucks last time, you know what? We'll take this one. Like. No real glaring weaknesses in this one. The power play did go 2-5, to five, so, I mean, it's good to see that. Be nice if we could win some games off of the back of that, but uh, after all the criticism we had last week, it was nice to see that. That's true. Um, And at least, like, because, you, you know, we still have some more games to talk about. Um, That was, like, that was a really good point for the power play, but, I mean foreshadowing it, it didn't really matter in the long run <laughs> um but you know the way this game kind of went down is that the flames dug themselves in a hole and this has been a common thing throughout like this run ever since you know the young guys joined the team and everything the flames have dug themselves in a lot of holes like i think the canucks game is literally the third straight game where they dug themselves in a hole. They went down uh, They went down against Vegas. They went down against Dallas. They went down against Vancouver. In the Vegas-Dallas games, they managed to claw their way back and win. And in the Vancouver game, it was kind of the same scenario. They, in, they were absolutely flat in the first period. And then in the second and third, they started showing signs of life, but the Canucks just didn't let them. They didn't let them have a single breath. So if you want to win hockey games, y you got to start off strong and you can't just always be trailing from behind. Look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, for example. <laughs> Look at that. The Anaheim Ducks as well. They started off really hot. And then like they kept on getting like come from behind victories. And then like, you know, that's not sustainable. That fell off and they've been awful ever since. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Yeah, like, you gotta start off game strong if you want to have hopes of winning them. Uh, something else that came out of Saturday, uh, kind of a minor move. Uh, we signed veteran defenseman Mark Pissick, uh to a one-year, two-way deal. He'll get 700, $775,000 uh, in salary. Uh, he's 
probably going to spend most of the year with the Wranglers. Like, we do have uh, Gilbert Solovyov and DeSimone who have been taking reps uh, on the third pairing this year. I would be surprised if we saw Pizik, but, I mean, you can never have enough veteran NHL defensemen waiting to step in in case you need. And something else, like... (sighs) Flames fans on like Twitter and Instagram, everything they were pissed about this signing for some reason. Like my brothers, this is literally a Wranglers signing. I- I'm not really sure why like everyone was mad about this, or at least a lot of people. I shouldn't say everyone, but and another thing. Oh man, I can't quite remember which day it was. Um, I think it was like it was maybe on Friday or something. The day that this po- um the last podcast went up was Oliver Shillington was skating with the team the other day. Yeah, that's something that just kind of flew under the radar. Now, you know, like, here we are, like, roughly, like, a week later after that happened. You know, there's still no show of him returning. But I feel like I I, I made some, like, wild conspiracy theories last week about the Zadorov trade that, you know, this is probably something bigger than just um like clearing cap or or something like that and then you know shillington started skating maybe it was making room for shillington i don't know at this point because there's still no report of when he would return but what do you think exactly i mean like you know okay shillington who's not played this year and of course last year uh due to an undisclosed personal reason I mean, you're thinking, okay, we don't necessarily know what Shillington's got at this point, when he's going to be back, but you look at him, he has been a capable NHL defenseman in the past. Okay, time to let Zadorov go. Maybe we get Shillington sometime soon, which I think would be awesome because we have really, really missed this guy. So I think it would be great to see him back on the ice again. Yeah, of course, and it... You know, from from recent eye, it's all love. You know, like he's clearly been dealing with a lot of stuff for the past year and a bit, and you know, all we want to see is him back on the ice and and in good condition, of course. Of course, of course. Um, and it was it literally made my day to see him skating with the team again. And you know, Huska, I remember in his um kind of post practice presser. He had a lot of good things to say. Lots of players had good things to say. Like, the whole team is rooting for him, and we're rooting for him. The best we can do right now is just hope he returns soon and healthy. what Whatever kind of healthy that means. And then, of course, uh, we move to a faded day for the Calgary Flames this year. Tuesday, December 5th. What happened in practice, Ryan? On Tuesday, December 5th. Um, well, okay. What was I doing on Tuesday? Um, I don't know. Nothing really notable. I'm not sure. Reese, why don't you... Why don't you tell me? Uh, we lost our starting goaltender week to week with a broken finger. Okay. Thankfully, no surgery is required. But at this point, he's out indefinitely on a week-to-week basis. Of course, still no idea of when he's going to return. Uh, of course, as a result of this, uh, 
we recall Dustin Wolf from the Wranglers. So he's slated to get some action over these next however many weeks. Markstrom's going to be out, but of course, you know, sucks to see him go down like that. Seemed like it was kind of a pretty freak accident, uh, but hoping that it takes some time to recover and comes back stronger than ever. Okay, that was a bit earlier. I do know Markstrom went down. I'm just, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's super unfortunate this happened. Um, and Markstrom's kind of been in and out of the lineup almost all season, or at least maybe I shouldn't say all season, but like three times. This is his third time out of the lineup because he, I think he he had a bit of a nagging injury earlier on when Dustin Wolf was recalled for that kind of East Coast road trip. Um, and then uh, Markstrom suddenly got sick, which, you know, that's where the leg, the, the legend of Dusty Nickel came to be. <laughs> and then, well, here we are. And this one's a lot more major. And this is a big stepping stone for Dustin Wolf because, you know, this being his third stint in the NHL, you know, the past two times he's been called up has just kind of been like, oh, let's let the kid have a shot. Let's see what he can do. But this one, this one's a little bigger because, like, the team actually needs him. And in the two games he's been with the team so far, he's been in the pipes quite a bit. Exactly. I mean, it's great at this point for Dustin Wolf to come up you know, spend however many weeks Markstrom's going to be out with the big club, kind of get a feel for what NHL life is like. Of course, the most important thing, show the team what he's capable of at the NHL level at this point. Uh, so unfortunately, after he got called up, he got his first taste of NHL action quite a bit earlier than he would have hoped. Uh we came out of the gates in the game against the Wild on Tuesday really quite flat. I think I've said that many times before, but Marcus Foligno scored not even a minute and a half into the game. To start the second period, Kaprizov scored less than a minute. Not even 45 seconds later, Matthew Boldy scored. I know it was at this point that Dan Vladar was pulled and Dustin Wolf was thrust into the net. On a day where he woke up, not ex even expecting to play an NHL game. And from after that, he did let in uh, two goals. Uh, the Flames scored three goals in that time, uh, leaving us with rather sad 5-2 loss. But, you know, once again, not a great uh, expression of what Dustin Wolf can do at the NHL level, being thrown into the game like that after Vildar was pulled. But... Overall, pretty much a forgettable, sad day for Flames fans, I'd say. How many shots did Dustin Wolf face that game? Dustin Wolf faced 13 shots that game. I scored against once even strength, once in the power play. Uh, he did, of course, play the majority of the game, about 38 minutes. Uh, came out with an 846 save percentage. Obviously not good, but I think we've kind of covered why that's not a great sample size you know the numbers tell one story and the actual play tells another right Oh, absolutely the numbers look absolutely horrendous and you know that would have me biting my nails but you watch the game like 
you know, like Reese said, Dustin Wolf was put into a really unfortunate situation against the Wild. Um, and I mean, this Wild team, yeah, they, they started the se season absolutely horrible. Maybe I'm just looking for copium when I say this, but anyway. Um, no, you're right. They did. They did. They started the season horrible, but you know, with that coaching change, they've been on a tear. You know, you, you can't forget that. Oh yeah, following this game, they moved to 4-0-0 under John Hines and looked like a completely different team. So, I mean, we're facing a wagon of the last four games in that game, so... Yeah, give credit where credit's due, but I mean, is that an, is that an excuse for no, no, no. them not to play excuse. the way they have? No, absolutely not. So, again, like we said, Dustin Wolf was thrust into a very unfortunate situation but considering considering all the circumstances i'd say he played well it's just a damn shame that the whole team in front of him didn't show up exactly uh and now of course we're recording this episode thursday evening uh during uh, the hurricanes flames game uh right now we're about halfway through the second period uh dustin wolf did of course get the start in this game uh, we're currently down uh, two nothing. Unfortunately, uh, like the last game, uh, we were scored on early, only two minutes into the game, and then six minutes later, Michael Bunting scored. So, uh, outside of that, I mean, it's been a pretty quiet game. Uh, shots are about even at this point. Uh, we're zero for three on the power play so far. So. I mean, after one good game on the PP, uh, the power play has gone back to its rather scoreless ways we've been seeing so far this year. Do you do you have any way to explain what the hell is going on with our power play? Because it's almost worse than it was last year, in my opinion, at least. It definitely is. So right now, uh, our power play percentage is 12.3%, at least going into this game. So, I mean, last week it was 11.1 we recorded, so it's slightly better. That puts us currently sixth last in the league in power play percentage. Teams behind us, Flyers, Blackhawks, Penguins, Blues, Capitals. So, really quite poor company in that regard. Hey, I mean, they have a chance to improve on it because as we're talking, you know, we're, we're recording this during the Hurricanes game on Thursday night, December 7th. The Flames literally just went on the power play as we talk. So let's see how that turns out. But anyway, yeah, like, uh, I I really don't know how to fix this train wreck. Because, you know, we bring in Mark Savard. We completely overhaul the power play staff. And I don't know. I, I, I think at this point, it might be just the lineup shuffling. I mean, I think I kind of said this last week, like... We don't have, like, legit shooters, guys who you want on the point, or I guess Inovi's office on the power play. Like, you look at our, our power play points so far, like, no one has more than one power play goal on the team. Uh, Mangiapani actually has the most, or sorry, McKenzie Weger has the most power play points with four. But yeah, like... I mean, we don't have a bona fide PP merchant on our team like other teams have, but consequently, we don't have someone who we can reliably have pull the trigger on the power play and give us results. 
So I think we kind of talked about that in the offseason. Like, we had Toffoli last year as our PP point man. But this year, we unfortunately just do not have that guy. All right. So that kind of rounds up the games. Um, And now I get to boast about my experience at the uh, Flames and Canucks game. So... Like I said earlier, um, as as most people know, I work for an indigenous radio station, and since it was the Flames Indigenous Celebration Night um, on the night they were playing the Canucks, my station was invited down um, just to do some media coverage of the game. And like I think most people know this, but the Saddle Dome has basically three concourses, right? There's the main concourse where you know, we've all been numerous times. Um, there's the concourse below, like where the club suites are and all that stuff. And then there's a concourse below that right at ice level where, you know, the Zambonis go and where the players enter. When I got to the saddle dome, I, I had media accreditation to pick up. And of course I had to go through like the billows of the saddle dome where, the players usually walk in and it was, oh my God, dude, it was absolutely insane because as I was walking through this area to get my media passes, I walked right by a bunch of Canucks players doing their pregame soccer workouts. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. nice. Um, and unfortunately, just in the moment, I couldn't really put any of the faces to names maybe um i should have looked at like a like a team like at their roster just to see if i could be like oh yeah i remember seeing that face um but there was one face in particular that made eye contact with me and i could not believe it um as i was walking by them zadorov turned and looked at me and we basically brushed shoulders and he was looking at me so weird because i think like i had that st i had that starstruckness like in my <laughs> eyes <laughs> and yeah it was low-key kind of embarrassing but yeah and then when i actually got to the area to pick up my media pass it's exactly where the flames enter every single game like those um those team photos that they post on like their instagram their facebook their twitter before every game where they're walking in I would I was right there picking up my stuff. Um and as I was picking up my pass in the same pile where my media pass was was all of the players passes. What they would exactly need these for, I don't really know. It's like just show the face, just show the face. Yeah, if you're Exactly. So, but in the same pile where my name was, um the person who was sorting through, I saw Uyghurs, Markstrom's, and Andersons, and I, my name was just among them. Like, oh my god, crazy! <laughs> <laughs> so, and then as I was getting my pass, of course, like you know, I saw the Canucks working out, and I was like, I was in mere sniffing distance of the Flames dressing room. Um, and I'm pretty sure I saw Rasmus Anderson warming up. And then I think I heard him yell at Backland because I, I like the, the, the little brief moment I saw him. I thought I heard him just yell back. 
axe and then he ran off somewhere <laughs> and i'm like nice. okay i i think that was him and i think that's what he said i don't know but that's a story i'm gonna roll with um i mean they're both tweetish so it makes sense if they're yeah they're and close. this is the this is the second flames game where i went down to ice level to watch warm-ups um the first was the one time I managed to score ringside tickets for when the oh, Islanders yeah. were in town last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was down there taking pictures. And it was just... Dude, wild. Just being that close. And I also went to go take pictures of the Canucks um, warming up too. Which was dope as well. Because the hockey fan in me was just like frothing at the mouth. And then... Of course, I positioned myself on the Canuck side of the ice to take photos of the of the pregame ceremony. And as I was taking photos, Thatcher Demko kept photobombing me. Like he kept getting <laughs> really? in my way. I, I don't know if I honestly don't know if he was doing it on purpose now that I think about it. But I'd be like snapping photos and I had my long lens on my camera just to like get close up shots. But then all of a sudden it would just go blurry and I take down my camera and Demko's just right in front of me. <laughs> so now that I'm nice. saying this out loud, I actually don't know if he was doing that on purpose. And if he was doing it on purpose, then I'm happy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And it was actually really cool because the the national anthem was sung in Blackfoot. And after the anthem was done... I don't think I've ever heard that building be so loud. Oh, wow. I'm being honest about that. Like, it was absolutely insane. Um, And yeah, then the game got underway and I was so busy doing coverage because, like, essentially, I was down there being basically a human billboard for <laughs> for my company and just, like, repping good because we want, we want to try and um, form more of a partnership with the Flames in the future. Um. I, oh God, I did like, I think at least four laps around the saddle dome and I went up to press level twice, all just to take photos and stuff and, and interact with people. So unfortunately, like I didn't really pay attention to the on ice product <laughs> much until for like the last maybe five minutes. Cause that's when I wrapped up my stuff and then was able to actually watch. But yeah. And then another moment, oh my God. I I think it was it was in the middle of the game. I was down near the club suites and they had like a little auction table with some frames and stuff and there was a signed Coronado jersey. Ooh. And as as I'm as I'm just kind of, you know, taking a bit of a breather and just looking at these things, someone else comes up beside me in a suit and starts looking at these these things too. Oh. And I and I I turn and look at them. And it's Ryan Leslie, the Flames oh, really? TV host. Oh, yeah. Nice. So I got to, ha I, I, of course, I was immediately like, oh, you're Ryan Leslie, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And we had like a, a short conversation. I introduced myself, let him know, like he saw my media tag and he asked about it and kind of explained what was going on. And he was pretty interested to learn what was going on. And we had like a short conversation. Wish I could have conversated longer with him. He's a really nice guy. Oh, yeah. And um, he had to go off and do something. So we had to cut the conversation short. But yeah, had to <laughs> had a brief conversation with Ryan Leslie, which is so cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah, like 
that pretty much like seals it up. I mean, I had like two fan interactions. One of them at the very beginning of the game, I think some people near the ice were already drunk because I was I was right up at the boards taking photos, but I wasn't in front of anybody's seats. I was just kind of I, I went straight down the stairs and then positioned myself right at the glass just so I wouldn't be basically sitting in people's laps. And I was I was on my knees like I was very low. Like Hell I had yeah. my I had my <laughs> I had my lens <laughs> like right on the bottom of the board. Like I was as low as I could go. But these people, I could tell they were kind of talking to me, but I was trying to ignore them. I could just hear like behind me just some people say like, hey, man, get out of the way. I'm trying to watch the game. And of course, like, it, like this whole th that that whole thing just kind of like it's the same as you're working retail. Like, if someone's like bothering you or trying to heckle you, you just kind of continue on your business. Like, yes, I was at a Flames game, but I was also technically at work, so mm -hmm. you know, I, I continued doing my thing, getting my shots. But then eventually, I got tapped on the shoulder, and I, I knew what it was, so I I turned around. And he said, like, get out of the way. I'm trying to watch the game. And all I did was I had my media pass on a lanyard around my neck. And I just I just waved my oh. media pass oh. and then turned back oh, around. Yeah. But flex on him. Yeah. To be screw that guy yeah. fair, because I did not want to start a scrum. <laughs> um, and I was still repping my brand. I took a few more photos and then I dipped like I didn't <laughs> want to start anything. Um, yeah. And then another thing, and I wish, oh God, I wish I was able to talk to these guys because they were awesome. I was, you know how, like, you know, you go up um, the stairs to the upper bowl to get up to press level. You know, those kind of mm. those big stairs you have to take to actually get up to press level from the upper yeah. bowl. I mm -hmm. positioned myself to take photos um, halfway up those stairs, like where they turn, because it was it was a really good viewing angle and it wasn't like too too high where press level was because that was like way too high of an angle for me i was taking photos there and as the game was going on suddenly i just heard these these guys just start screaming and of course it drew my attention and they were waving at me to take photos <laughs> of them and of course i what am i gonna do i i took nice. photos of them and they were they were so cool like i pointed at them after they after i took the photos and they screamed even louder it's just oh that's like great. that it's moments like that where i just kind of stood stood back and i'm like damn this is my job this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. anyway but yeah so you know it sucked that the flames started out really flat because the energy in the saddle dome definitely mirrored that mm -hmm. um but you know they kind of came back and it would have been nice to see a w but like i said on the instagram story that night the flames are zero and two whenever either me or you are in the building actually technically oh no, no. one and one because they lost in, yeah. in the shootout when you were there yeah exactly Okay. Oh, one and one. Sorry. The extra point. The extra point matters this year, Ryan. That's true. But my my point is they haven't won <laughs> since we've been there. So, yeah. But I mean, it was still a super fun experience. And to be, you know, you know, like that story I was telling when I when I literally brushed by Zadorov, and it I was starstruck because a you know. It's it's Zadorov, but also 
like this was the first glimpse I had of him in a Canucks jersey. I, I no, probably got the first weird. glimpse of him in Canucks gear out of like mm-hmm. everyone except for like out of the people in the that morning's media scrum, which mm-hmm. I wasn't there mm-hmm. for because I I drove down from Edmonton that morning. Um, so yeah, just absolutely insane. And another thing I got to know about that game is that he was booed loud so loud oh yeah oh yeah especially when he touched the puck for the first time in the game like you know super early on in the first period dude it oh my it was incredibly loud but i mean i was kind of expecting it but not to be that loud i mean yeah like we have a pretty notable history of booing returning players uh happened with johnny happened with matthew but I mean, I guess considering just how fresh it was, like, it was literally, like, what, like, four days before he was traded. So I was like, I get it, I guess. I, I'm not really surprised at this point. And, I mean, this one's a lot different than Chucky and Johnny. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. we can we can go down a whole iceberg of why they left. But, I mean, as a brief synopsis, you know, Johnny left to go to a better place for his family why he chose ohio we'll never know but that's besides the point <laughs> and then chucky left because he didn't want to be here long term and he didn't want to handcuff the team so but as for zadorov zadorov's departure was different because like there was almost like a little bit of ego involved at least in my opinion because you know when the team started off bad this season he was the first player to actually like really say something in the media and then well like he wasn't even really playing that well himself and then he had a fantastic game against toronto and then what does he do after the game request a trade through his was agent did but yeah well still like you know you almost got to feel like that was meant to happen yeah and then he played a terrible game in ottawa so you know, I think it's a weird ego thing. And was I booing him? No, I, I, w- I would never do something like that. That's just not the type of fan I am. But I was expecting to hear some kind of reaction for him. But though the, for, for how loud the boos were, it caught me off guard. Yeah, no, I get you. Anyway, uh, looking f- ahead uh, to what we have lined up. Uh, on Saturday, the Devils are coming to the Dome. After that, we go on a bit of a Western Conference road trip. Uh, on Monday, we're in Colorado. The night after, we're, we're heading to Vegas to play the Knights. And then Thursday, we're playing the Wild again. Uh, so this kind of concludes our real tough start to December that we were talking about last week. Uh, I mean, of course, we're only two games, two and a half games into December so far. It's not been looking great, but, you know, it would be really nice to get one back over the wild and may, you know, maybe sneak one of those in the back-to-back against two Western Conference powerhouses in the Avs and the Knights. I mean, God, this is so tough. I mean, who the hell came up with this scheduling? It's beyond me. Um... But, I mean, this is important because, you know, like we said, the schedule's tough. And recently, at least, the Flames are starting to slip a little bit. They haven't been playing that good as of late. The schedule isn't really lightening up 
for the next little while. And now Markstrom are probably one of our best players, if not the best player on this team this season, is out. So there's a lot there's so there's a lot of mystery in this. Exactly. And I think we've been talking about this all season long. Like we want answers on what this team is gonna look like this year, how what this team is gonna look after this season. And you know, with starting off so horribly having that great three, four-week stretch, and then kind of we get hit with this horrible, unlucky injury. You know, at this point, we're kind of just kicking that can further down the road. Like, we said we wanted answers in December on what this team is going to look like. And at this point, I don't think we're going to get those answers. I mean, one area where we could get some answers is at least how is the goaltending situation outside of Markstrom going to look moving forward, you know, we get to see Vladar kind of take a starter's role for a bit. Like maybe he gets two or three games for every one game Justin Wolf gets. So we get to see, okay, is Dan Vladar still a very capable backup that, you know, another team in need of goaltending might be willing to part with some assets to acquire. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, we get to see what Wolf looks like with some extended action at the NHL level, you know, how does he play, obviously, the NHL level? How does he deal with the entire NHL experience? You know, does he potentially come in and outplay Vidar, outplay Vladar and, you know, really, I think at that point, kind of force Conroy's hand to say, like, okay, you know, our third-string AHL goalie is better than our backup. Okay, we got to make a move here. So, I mean, who knows how it's going to go? right? It's been a game and a half so far. We can't draw any conclusions, but it'll be really intriguing to see how these next few weeks or however many without Markstrom play out. Because I think at least we'll get some some answers, some insight into how our goaltending situation is going to be. Yeah. And I mean, you made a good point, you know. Um, I think these next few games, it'll really show where Vladar sits, you know, because, you know, I'm willing to bet that chances are Vladar is not going to be on this team next season. And this is a really good opportunity to up his trade value um, and for Wolf to get more experience. Because like I said earlier, every time Wolf has been called up thus far, this is his third time, it's just kind of been... Let's let the kid have a shot. But now he's called up because we need him. And it's not just like a few games or so. He's going to be here for a while by the sounds of it. Of course, you know, Markstrom's only out with a broken finger. No surgery required. He probably won't be out that long. But this is a solid chance for Dustin Wolf to get his reps in. And so far, from like the bite size we've seen of him... The numbers haven't really been that fantastic, but in the bigger picture, the team in front of him hasn't really been that fantastic, and that definitely plays into how he performs. So, you know, as we're talking, the the Hurricanes are still up 2-0, about two minutes left in the second period. Um, shots are 18-16 to in Carolina's favor. So, two goals, 18 shots, not the worst, 
And I'm only saying that because, you know, third NHL start, you know, <laughs> that's not terrible. Um, but again, the team just has to perform better in front of him. And mm -hmm. it could be a team thing, the team chemistry in front of him, like maybe having him in net creates a bit of a different dynamic. So um, it could take a few games for um, things to start get rolling again. And yeah, and one thing that we did forget to mention about the wild game that really had me puzzled is that Martin Pospisil was made a healthy scratch for that game. Oh. Yeah, he didn't play. Any reasoning given for that? Like, no. was he sick? He just, oh. uh, he he was not played. I have no idea why. He's in the game now. Or should yeah. we say he's in the game against Carolina, but not, not Minnesota. I mean, I, I don't know don't what know it could have been. Like, it could have been one of those things where, like, I don't know, maybe he was late to a team meeting. No clue. Just speculating. But, yeah, that's kind of kind of weird. Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Or maybe but, it could just be, like, a rest thing. You know, yeah, like, the kid's been happens. playing a lot. So, it definitely happens. But, um, all you know, I think Dubé was slotted into his position. And, mm -hmm. of course, you know, the game went the way it went. And that actually brings up another quick little topic is Dylan Dubé. You know, he hasn't really panned out to what he should have been. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I still think Blasty Dubé is like oh. is crazy. <laughs> but just he, when whenever he wears the Blasty jersey, he plays good most of the time. But especially as of recent, like this guy's been, almost been non-existent. That's actually kind of interesting because I was actually like thinking hard about like Dylan Dubé, like I think on Tuesday. So I think it's pretty interesting that you also brought that up. But yeah, I would agree. Like I think kind of the projections when he was coming up with the Kelowna Rockets was like, yeah, he'll be like a, a solid middle six winger. Like there's a little bit of offensive upside there. Like, you know, he's not extremely well suited to play in the bottom six. Like not a particularly big guy that lays a bunch of hits, but like this year, right, he spent a bunch of time on the fourth line uh, as the fourth line center. Uh, the times he has been up in the lineup, he's not really looked that great. Like, he's got seven points on the year, 24 games. He's a minus five, which is which is not great. Uh, he hasn't been getting really any power play time, I don't think. so. And yeah, he is an RFA after this year, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean... You got to think that he's a guy who, you know, still being pretty young, right? He could do with a change of scenery at this point, right? He's only 25. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, definitely, definitely not, not a ton to be impressed about, I think, so far this year from Dubé. Yeah, and I think that is about everything. So again, thank you so much for listening. We both really appreciate it and we'd appreciate you more. If you hit that notification bell and follow us, we're on Spotify and Apple Music and more platforms soon. Be sure to follow us at Talking Flames Pod on Instagram. And yeah. Any final thoughts from you? Let's go, Flames. Sounds good. All right. We will see you in the next one.